0: Feeling it? You feeling it?
1: Yeah, I'm feeling it. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiwave. Yep. A podcast all about the aborted efforts of Hollywood. Oh, he's doing it again. Because this week we're going to be talking about what movie? Oh Ira? yeah.
0: What's the movie?
1: What's the movie? It's it's actually
0: called uh, Reversing. Row, yeah.
1: You know, you didn't road. need to check your paper this time. Yeah, that,
0: that must mean that you. M- I practiced on the 101 freeway coming over here. I said it over and over to
1: myself. Or maybe it's a good title. Maybe it's a memorable title. Is it? I don't know. We'll I talk know. about we'll that. Talk about that. And after we talk about that, we'll talk about our top five hard choices. Look I was at you ready for prepared. that. I'm on
0: fire. Damn. Hard. Cho- interesting. Hard choices. Movies that yeah. have hard, difficult choices for yeah. the characters. Hard choices or difficult choices.
1: Yeah. I've got a hard choice in my well, pants I'm right sure now. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh Yeah, so reversing row, oh, we're going to be talking about abortion. Nothing like having uh, two straight white men sitting in a room You're talking reading, about abortion. I was abortion. thinking
0: that on the way over here on the 101 Freeway. How? Fuck us. I don't know why white, white has, has us, or anything to White it. filters into it for some reason, because actually in the documentary, there was some emphasis on the African-American community and how abortions affect them all-
1: Disproportionately,
0: just yes, that's the word. Disproportionately. So, how dare we, you and I, two white boys, talk about such a controversial? How dare issue. you? Well, how dare me? Fuck us both. No, how dare when you? How dare me? A woman's. How? D- oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're right. <laughs> Fuck it. So this week we're going to talk about abortion. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. I don't think that's something that's really come up on this podcast too much. It ha-
0: I don't think it's ever come up, and I
1: don't even think I. It's one of the few issues. I don't think I know how you, you know, how you. View once again, abortion. you're reading
0: my mind. While I was watching, it. I wonder how Robert. We never really talked about the issue of abortion. Yeah, I mean, look, look, I'm curious to hear. You know what we should thing. do?
1: We should fire up some mics and uh, record this for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, let's do it.
0: Oh, now you say.
1: But before we do, what yeah? did you see this week?
0: What I see? Oh, are you saying it's time for the week in review? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, summer old. Some are new We now present The Week in Review Yeah man There's a few films I'd like to acknowledge Oh wow Number
1: one Look at you You're all settled I'm in I'm so organized it, it, I, You can't see I'm this Because the, the You know This is the power of radio But Ira yeah. literally Wiggled his butt in, <laughs> in an effort to get excited About the films that he saw I, And I he wants I to came. share I think I came yeah. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> You think you came That's a I, very I mild a, orgasm If you a, just came I
0: have a bone to pick With Cheeky <laughs> Now I did watch the last 20 minutes. I see. So you had not ago. made it. For no, the, but I want to talk to you about By before. the way, cheeky, we spoke about it. You had a great term for that. What did you call it? Something smut. And you had a wonderful. Elegant ac- smut? Was elegant smut, funny. Yeah, it was very cheerful. And what did I wonderful- call it? You had another word besides elegant. It was something smut. I thought it was a great check term. Check last
1: week's episode.
0: Yeah, check it. We'll find out. Are you aware? Now, what's the message of that film? At the very end, she says to him, I'm going to cheat. You should cheat too. That will keep the fires burning and our passion intense. When we make love, it'll be wonderful. And you know, I know it's a porn film, but the message
1: of uh, it's hey, okay. Hey, it's elegant smut. It
0: is an elegant smut film. But didn't the message kind of bother you a lot, or am I overthinking?
1: That it's okay to cheat?
0: Mm-hmm. That was really the core message uh, of the It's film. so
1: interesting that you of all people I are know, mentioning well, this. I know. <laughs> Well, it's very it, European. It is
0: very European.
1: And Europeans, you know how they do. Like they'll, like the the French guy will be like with his wife, but also his his mistress, and they just have. It's like he's with the wife because of the personality, but he's with the mistress because she's young and hot. Right. It's you know, but there's a there's something to be said for that, right? But you're kind of circumventing. If I,
0: I'm, you're kind of going around on this. this I guess this I guess I'm getting it
1: lost in the idea of is it wrong to cheat in the right. first place
0: and. It's pretty funny that I'm. I mean, wait, sorry, producer Joe. Yes, it's very wrong, (laughs) very wrong to cheat. And it's funny that I picked up that message. It's a, it's a porn film, and I came away with that.
1: I bet you came away.
0: Yeah, I did come away with that. So I just wanted to bring that up with cheeky that, uh, but I still found it delightful. Now, the other birthday present you gave me a couple weeks ago, director's cut. (laughs) And Robert, that's just hardcore
1: porn. How dare that's you? That's
0: just hardcore porn. It doesn't even have the breezy,
1: lighthearted flow of Cheeky. The no, director's cut uh, is, is the best porno I've ever seen.
0: Better than Cheeky?
1: Yeah. I mean, the it, it's hilarious. The, they they have sex so hard that they break the bed.
0: Yeah, the great scene. And In fact, a, I think I texted you and when it's legitimately the broke. They legitimately broke the bed. You I know, could tell that it I wasn't know. staged. They were startled. Yeah. They were startled and a slight giggle. Yeah. She did a slight and they kept on going. And they kept on it going. It was unexpected. It was not meant to happen. I know, I know. Wow. But uh, it's just hardcore porn. You like that more than Cheeky? I like Cheeky more.
1: But the message. Cheeky is a me. better movie, but <gasps> as far as be- like full on porn. Yeah, yeah. Director's cut is really good. Right. Right. It's it makes me laugh. It's so silly.
0: Yeah. You just like that guy's long lens on his camera. Super long lens. Yeah, it's yeah, clearly like yeah. a
1: spray-painted, uh, yeah. you know, cardboard, well, it's cardboard tube. Cardboard rolled up tube. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was long and black and hard. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. Um, there's two more films I want to acknowledge, and we spoke about both of them you last... You I'm sorry. I yes. got to interrupt. Okay.
1: Here's how I saw Director's Cut for the first time. I don't think I've ever told you this. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I, I was broke. And I mean, I was so broke. I was living in in a probably 300-square-foot apartment, something like that, So may, maybe even smaller, maybe 250. It was me, my buddy John, and my buddy Mike. And the shortest one of us is six-foot-four. So we're all giant dudes. Yeah. And while we're there, then Mark came and lived with us for a little while. And then we had house guests for a little while. So it was actually, we were talking about this this past weekend, there were actually six people Living in this space at one time. And we were all super broke. My spot was on an air mattress next to the trash can. And every night, there was a small leak in the air mattress. And every night, my butt would slowly start to sink down. And it would hit the floor. And then in the middle of the night, at like 3 a.m., I'd have to <laughs> blow up the air mattress and get it back together. You didn't have a hand pump? I, I eventually went out and bought one. Okay, go ahead. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... uh Very, very broke, and when you're so broke in Los Angeles, there's not much to do by way of entertainment, and a friend of ours, Ray, we would go over to his house, and he had the porn channels, Uh, someone had descrambled the porn channels for him, the Playboy channel and all of that, so of course, when we went over there, I would be like, hey, let's turn on the porn channel, and it was about four or five guys who would go over, and I would force them to have to watch porn, which was very weird. No one was masturbating, but we would just sit there and watch the porn channels. And I would just, you know, uh, like Mystery Science Theater 3000, just kind of comment on the porno channels the entire time. And everyone else kind of would too, but I I was fascinated with it. And in a very kind of strange, homoerotic move. And that's how I saw Director Scott. And man, I was a fan. I wound up giving it a standing ovation. It was a great movie. You didn't invite me over. I didn't know you at that time. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, hardcore porn. what yeah, The best of the best. Directors, Director's cut. Directors cut. Yeah, yeah. Two films we spoke about last week, Robert. That I happened to see yet again. We spoke about Changeling, and I watched it. I want to say something else about that movie. I know we were, we were speaking about all the glowing comments were making that Clint Eastwood at his best and so on and I think it was the best Angelina Jolie yeah. has ever done the close-ups of her face the whole period piece it just all worked and the movie was beautifully shot with a lot of browns yeah. there were a lot of earth tones throughout it, the film
1: it greens and, and even even the blues were kind of this brownish blue yes yeah.
0: yes and I love how you knew that Alta Loma is that the community uh, I can't Riverside? remember the name of it but I know it, it changed, changed the name I love that you know that I yeah. love that you know that but I watched that Again, by the way, something I want to point out, there was a movie called Changeling, which was this. There's also The Changeling, and that was with George C. Scott, The Changeling. I've and never seen it, but it I think I found
1: film. out when I when I was researching this right. movie. Yeah. So the
0: movie we're talking about does not have the word the in front of it. Also, late last night, it came on. It came on regular TV, and I found myself watching The Vanishing the Vanishing. Yes. Now, the which one? The second one. The, the second, second. The American one, the one 1993, the American version. You Kiefer Sutherland. Yes, Kiefer. And you know what's interesting? I thought maybe that... I, I assumed these two were going to have switch roles. I, I really what thought that Kiefer Sutherland was going to be... The, I could see them flip oh, their roles. Oh, instead Jeff Bridges? With, yes. Yeah. But Jeff Bridges was very, very good and weird with that quirky delivery he was doing. It was just... You're
1: really right. That would be a great... If we switched those roles, yes. that movie would still work.
0: I agree. Well I- even the ending?
1: No. No, well I'm well, just saying it would the movie would still be the same, it, right? I I think Jeff Bridges could have played it the other way. And uh and Keefer Sutherland, Sutherland could have, have played easily the other played way. The other
0: part. Isn't that interesting?
1: That's really interesting. Thanks, buddy.
0: These are the things I think about at three in the morning.
1: We should we should turn that into a game. Yeah. I like that. Producer Joey. We have a new game. Find some find some movies where we could switch roles switch cast. and what that would be like. Cause I I, I think it'd be really interesting. I mean I, Oh I can't. I, oh, I it's in my top five, so I can't mention it. But I I've, right. I've got one in mind, and if you remind me of my top five, I've got one that I'll mention. Yeah. I'll give leave it a little cliffhanger. I've ah, got a good one that like I think that. we could okay. mention.
0: But it was. I found the setup really cool. I mean, you like that. You put that movie in your top five. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got to tell you, and I. Do you, are you aware that both The Vanishing were done by the same director? Did you know that?
1: I think I'd read that, but I forgot. Incredible. It. Yeah. The same director did both movies. And I think. I think I remember him saying, because it's an American film, we're going to change it up.
0: Well, I just for the record, I hated the ending. Yeah. And, and especially, I don't know how much you remember, because again, I saw it literally last night. It ended at two in the morning, and I had to stay up to watch it. I wanted to be able to speak about it with you this evening. But there was an epilogue at the end where everything's fine, and he's in a nice restaurant uh, with, his, with his woman, and they serve cups of coffee. And they playfully say to the waiter, oh, no, we don't drink coffee anymore, because that was what the bad guy used to drug them, putting something in the coffee. And it was such a cute little button, and it made me want to vomit. I just thought it was a a sellout, it was a cop-out. It's a perfect example, not just of a film that's being remade, that's watered down, diluted, but appealing to the American audiences.
1: Well, this is kind of what we were talking about in the podcast last week. Like, the whole reason why this podcast exists is to focus on those things, like the the language of cinema, right? I mean, you're, you're wanting to vomit because you've seen that same kind of stuff so many times, it's so contrived, and I think we're both thirsty for other types of films, films that aren't the norm, and... I mean, the original Vanishing was better in that way.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Because if you've seen enough films, then y- y- seeing the same shtick over and over and over right. again is is awful. Now, I mean, if you're, if you're 13 years old, watching the American version is great because you've not seen enough films to really realize the cheesiness of that. Right, right, right. You know, uh, this also brings up a good point. Mm-hmm. What do you think about directors who do the same film multiple yeah. times? That's kind of interesting because it's almost like uh, you know, like a musician is allowed to play the same song over and over and over again. And in fact, if they didn't, they would be uh, they'd be chastised. People would be, freak out. You know, could you imagine going to see Bon Jovi and him not playing "Living on a Prayer"? That's so it's you're, like well, that's the whole. Reason why here. It's
0: an interesting analogy you're making. Well, they're both the artists,
1: director. right? But right. but we expect our artists to move on, right. In some areas, and then we expect them to not move on in other arts. It's kinda of strange how we think about that, but if if this same artist says, Hey, I'm gonna remake my my own movie, I don't know, is that is it derivative? Is it interesting?
0: I was actually more frustrated when I realized the same director is responsible for both films. I went, What? Does Robert know about this? And I went ahead and read quite a few articles about that and how people were upset with him for selling out to the American audience. I think there did was
1: there's another movie called Funny Games, and producer Dora, can you look it up? See if the American version of Funny Games is by the same foreign director, and, well, and and he did. I think this. I think it was like almost a shot for shot, but it was the same director in the same story.
0: Don't you think it's lazy? I think this is really interesting. I can appreciate a singer, Bon Jovi, doing the same song. That's their anthem song. That's what they're known for. The crowds are screaming to hear it.
1: But isn't that lazy?
0: (laughs) This is really interesting. Yeah. You can make that argument back at me that isn't that lazy. But somehow I give them a pass because it's what the masses want. Well, you can ship the art. I, yeah. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. But still, as far as a director making a film and then doing it again 20 years later, it just feels like it's rubber stamping.
1: Well, kind of semi-famously, uh, Lars Van Trier, who started the Dogma 95 film movement, uh, there, there were rumors circulating. I'm not sh- quite sure if it ever came to fruition or if it was reality or if it was just conjecture. But he had challenged Martin Scorsese to and um, and De Niro to remake uh, Taxi Driver as a Dogma ninety five film, and uh, and I always thought that was really interesting. If if that, I think they had played around with the idea of doing it, and then he ultimately was like, "Nah, I'm just too busy with other stuff." But they were they were gonna try to do it. Right, right. Yeah,
0: I think producer Joey has something for yeah, us. Hang
1: on. Yeah. Michael Henke and Michael Henke. yeah, same director for Funny Games.
0: Um, Also, I want to say that I spoke a few weeks ago about the movie And God Created Woman, and Roger Vadim was the director of both those, but they were totally different different storylines, but it was the same title. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Roger Vadim. Yeah, he did two movies. Hey, pretty
1: Joy, Do do us a favor while we're searching. See if you can't come up a list. I and I are going to do Week in Review, and see if you can't find by the end of Week in Review a list of movies that have been made twice by the same director.
0: Yeah, I love. Let's it. find out what that that's list a, that's is. That's a great question. All right. I want to say one more thing too about the vanishing, the 1993 version. That you're right, it was Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. and it was a small part. And I read a lot about, it, and she became super famous right after that movie was made. Right. And if they had known, the talk was that they wish they had her being the girlfriend, who was uh, throughout the entire film because she's not in the film all that much. Right. Sandra Bullock. So there's. Who a played the girlfriend? Oh, she was terrific. And I
1: googled her this morning.
0: Was it Kira Sedgwick? Was no, it? no, it's not. Tr- Trish some,
1: Darn it. She the, wasn't wasn't a name. Was she? But
0: a semi name. I hate to give producer Joey another t- Joy, let's find everything <laughs> that we're it's thinking about. Remake of, all of the, the Vanishing, thing. and who was the female lead? It was not Sandra Bullock, and her name escapes me right now.
1: She's <laughs> on it. In this game. Ah. Actually, she didn't escape. Yeah. Actually
0: Okay, she's on it. She's on it.
1: What else did you see? Uh, okay, this
0: year? I saw one more film. One more film <laughs> on Netflix streaming. On you know, I think Netflix knows me because they recommend. They recommend Ira. You really might enjoy. I got an email. Cheeky from them. too. They know me too well. And the movie is called Concussion. It actually played at South by Southwest. And, is this oh, the, the one with uh, Will Smith? No, that's another Concussion.
1: Nancy Travis was yes. her name. By you, the way, does that name mean anything to you? Nancy she, Travis was from Vanishing. That that's right. Bandaging. That's right. She's done a lot. Okay. She's, she's done she's a lot. She's a working actress. She's a
0: respected actress. A Three
1: Men and a Lady. Right. 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 There you go. And right. the
0: remake of that all Three Men and a, the sequel to that as well. So she did those movies. I want to say with concussion on Netflix and it was at South by Southwest and it was a woman who suffers from a concussion. She's driving the car, her her kid's throws a ball at her, hits her in the head, and when she wakes up she decides to become a lesbian and and a prostitute. So she likes being with other women. Is this a dark comedy or is it? It was an odd. No, it's a character study. Okay. It's actually a character study. It was artsy. It was pretty to look at. And it was um, ultimately uh, forgettable. Concussion. That is my Week in Review.
1: Wow. I saw a bunch of movies this week. Good. Let's hear it. Um, First of all, I saw Cop Car. And I'd like to talk about that for just a minute. It's a Kevin Bacon movie. And it's kind of interesting. It's about uh, a couple kids in a. I, it, I don't think it ever specifically says, but it kind of uh, leads us to believe it's some sort of Texas or South Dakota kind of area, very like way out in the wilderness, kind of desert town. These two kids have run away from home, and they're about ten, eleven years old, and they're walking along, and they uh, stumble onto a cop car, and no one's around, so they decide to steal it, and they kind of trouble, you know, not trouble kids, but like a eh, kind of semi juvenile delinquents. Semi, they steal this cop car and they just take it for a joyride and it's because no one's around the keys are left in it and it turns out that the cop car had been put there by a dirty cop who was hiding a body and he was digging a hole for the body that was a ways away and uh and it, that was Kevin Bacon so Kevin Bacon comes back and his cop car is not there and he's like what the fuck and uh things get even more complicated when there's a dead body that you presume is a dead body, turns out to be an alive person in the trunk. And so these kids are driving all around this Is this town. zany? Is
0: it a zany film? It certainly sounds it... like it, but it's not. But it's not. It's right, kind right.
1: of a, um, it's more of a drama, an uh, action, uh, even though there's not much action in it. Um, it's just, it's an independent film. It's got a little bit of comedy to it. I mean, there's a, a, a wink there. Uh, and it ends on a really interesting note because... Uh, um. Now I'll just spoil part of it for you. one of the kids gets shot It's a big shootout towards the end and the other kid is driving him into town and it just kind of the kid is driving and he he can't see the road in front of him and uh he doesn't know how to turn the lights on and he's driving and driving and he he is able to flip the sirens on the the lights uh the police lights and so but he can't turn the headlights on and so he sees just a little bit of road in front of him with the police lights and the dispatcher comes over the radio She's like, Sheriff, are you there? And the kid responds And he's like reaching out for help And that's how it ends And you never find out what happens to the kid You never find out huh. what the ramifications are Of what they've done yeah. And I I really liked that ending uh, So I, I know it's, that is the spoiler But it's, it's kind of a cliffhanger But emotionally, somehow you feel like Alright, this character has grown and changed You don't know whether the yeah. other kid dies or anything It's all these question marks that are still left in your mind but I like that. Of course you do. Yeah. That's cool. Cop car? Cop car.
0: What else did you see? Uh,
1: I also saw the red pill. And I think that might be something that we can even uh, include in our discussion about re- reversing row, because the red pill is about the, um, the men's rights um, activist movement. So these are men oh. who are advocating. Uh, I thought you making a reference to Matrix, the blue pill, the red that's pill. That's exactly where it comes from. Uh, So it's this idea of you can continue kind of living your dream, or you could take the red pill and kind of wake up. So red pill—that's even kind of a a term that's being used. People are saying, "Oh, I red pill,"ed or you know, red pilling, and basically kind of waking up to the way uh, the way reality is. I I like the documentary. I think that documentary had a couple problems in that one. It it was um, it was very it was one note. It was kind of the same, it was different issues that relate to men's rights activists, but it's the same kind of approach over and over. It was kind of like, yeah, they all hate us because of this. Yeah, they all hate us because of this. They hate us because of this. We don't do anything bad. They hate us because of it kept kind of going over and over all of these different issues. Mm-hmm. But to their credit, they do bring up a lot of issues that are uh, very real. You know, how men can't get custody of children. Um not nearly as much as women can. There were all sorts of um, really, really awful court uh, examples that they had provided of of men who had no say in what happened to the child once the woman had decided to put the child up for adoption or abortion or anything like that. The men just basically were powerless. Um, There was a uh, a really great segment that just made my jaw drop on some talk show. I can't remember who it was, but there was some woman who felt like her man was going to leave her. So, she was going to try to trap him. And it was kind of like... You remember how old... Not... Like... What?
0: That wasn't it. What wasn't it? Her husband decided after many years together he
1: didn't want children. Okay. That's oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So the, the husband didn't want kids. And the wife says, uh, I want to trap him. And it was one of those old Ricky Lake kind of TV shows with the crowd sitting in the audience. And the host was like... What do you think folks? Should she trap him? And everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah. trap him." Yeah. I'm like, "What the fuck, man?" Like this is really awful yeah. and uh there's some really fucked up shit. But I don't think it gets talked about as much because we're focused we tend to focus more on minority groups. And I think that that tends to happen uh, not just recently. I think that's that's the American mentality. We focus on the underdog. We focus on people who um are perceived to have less. Right. And Men have historically oppressed the oppressed men right. have historically been the oppressors, right, right. Uh, and I get that, but you know i don 't think that that means that we should ignore some of the problems that happen with men you know they 're the ones that that go off to wars and fight wars they 're the ones that die in those wars most of the time uh, I think it 's like ninety eight percent or higher for most of of the past wars of the hundred years. I think there was one war that was, they showed statistics that was one more was ninety five percent almost everything else was ninety eight percent or above. Of the fatalities in war, American war, were men. Right. It makes sense. Sure. Uh, and so I don't know, there are a lot of men's issues, but to even bring those up to certain groups, they wind up just shitting all over you. I know. Like, oh, what you're saying is anti woman. No, it's not. And we can be a feminist and you can be a masculinist and you could have both of these things. I feel
0: like I'm being marginalized. Do you? You know, I was saying that to be funny, but I think there's some truth to that.
1: I don't feel like I'm being marginalized. Marginalized is
0: not the right word. What would the right word be? I'm being.
1: I feel like we. I feel like our society has divided into these two camps, and I feel like this is reversing row as well. I feel like this is going to be a similar issue. But we've divided ourselves into two teams: red team, blue team, and you're you, if you're not with us, you're against us. Polarized, yeah. But polarized. it's this idea of fighting with the other, and if you are representing something that. I am against, then you must be against me. And right. it's like, well, no, we can, th- that does the reality is so much more complex than that. And viewpoints and political ideas are so much more complex than that. It's not this blue and red world that we've been painted. It's It's much more open than that. There's all different shades of purples in between. And you can certainly protect men without harming women. Right, right. I'm still back on marginalized. I don't think I'm letting go of that. In what way?
0: I, I need to think about that. I know it's a strong. I, I'm searching for another word that doesn't quite mean it to that extent, but being.
1: Pasto- I, I think I'm uh, what I'm upset about. Just in our our culture, our society, is we we focus on a handful of things. We focus on race more than anything else. We focus on gender. We focus on like uh, our, you know, our sexual orientation and. We somewhat focus on class and age, but we don't focus on uh, maybe a little bit of beauty in there. But we we don't focus on intellectual elitism. We don't focus right. on on treating dumb people. What do you mean? A little
0: on beauty, a lot on beauty. Well,
1: I'm saying we don't focus on as much on allowing the ugly person to right. Okay, have rights, but the
0: emphasis is on beauty uh, greatly.
1: Yes, yep. we emphasize yep. beauty. Right. right, we're a beautyist culture. Right. But we don't, focus on, we don't focus on height. I have huge advantages because I'm, high, I'm tall. Right. But it, I think when you start getting into other ideas of segregation in our society and separation and, and advantages that you might have, all of a sudden people start to kind of negate them. It's like, ah, who cares about tall? Well, why are we focusing on skin color then? That's just as arbitrary as, as height. It's just as arbitrary as intellect. It's just as arbitrary as anything else, and we're focusing on just a handful that we can't seem to let go of.
0: Well, the answer is that tall people are not being discriminated against where certain people of color I, I are. I would disagree.
1: I knew you would. I
0: want to hear this. I mean, I want to you hear get, this.
1: On a, get on a, uh, an, an airplane, and you tell me that tall people are not being discriminated against.
0: It's uncomfortable because you don't have as much Absolutely. leg Absolutely. Are you being discriminated against, or is it just the physical world getting even with you? Well it's not the physical it's, it's, world. It's the fact that there's not enough. They're not the accommodating. Roads. They're not accommodating. Yeah. A choice was made yeah. in designing that plane right. that eh, tall people they, they can deal with it. They discriminate
1: against tall people. They say, well, tall tall people don't matter. And, yeah. and that's I'm not upset about it. I don't I it would be insane for me to think that the airplane should have to reconfigure their entire system. It is the system and I need to adapt to it. You cannot you can't change the entire system. I can't change Southwest Airlines and get them to put in extra height seats for me every time I want to get on the plane. Although even now they're trying to do some of that with like extra legroom for 20 more bucks or something right, like that. Right. That's great. That's awesome because now we're starting to like create a culture. Well, let's go to the
0: extreme, what about little people? Right. That, that is there such a thing as a restaurant that caters to little people?
1: I there's got to be somewhere, I'm
0: sure. I don't wow, this could be a money maker. A restaurant with small little tables, probably not that big. Small little chairs, just, Iris,
1: just a little bit of money. <laughs> it's got first grade chairs. <laughs> All yeah, 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 yeah. But it, I, I think we tend to focus on only a handful of issues, and we there's a, a few others that kind of pepper in. But there's so many other things that we don't, we don't even discuss. Hair color, you know, and and the way that. Uh, I mean, redheaded people are are treated. Well, they'll be gone soon, so it doesn't matter. Well, that's true. They're yeah, you know, yeah. They're yeah, being exterminated. Yeah, no, they'll be gone. <laughs> At any rate, all right. Interesting. It's so, a, it's an interesting wait, film. You, it's yeah. a little long. It needs to be cut down. I love the message of it. I think the message is good. I think the film. The film is interesting. It, just, it, it needed to be a little tighter because it, kind of, it became a little like, all right, we, we get it already. There's some really great moments in the film. It's worth checking out. But I'm afraid that the people who are watching that film are watching it in an effort to say, yeah, fuck you, liberal women, feminazis. That's what they're trying to do because that's exactly how the women are treating right. the, the men's rights activists. You know,
0: an offshoot of what you're saying, and I think this fits in, is that, is that wealthy people are being scorned they're not yeah, admired. Absolutely. And I remember growing up in the 50s, we used to put wealthy people on a pedestal. Right. Because they did something, maybe some lucky ones inherited it. But for the ones who went into business and they were really successful, we put them on a pedestal, acknowledge that we want to be like that. But I that's such it's a flipped, fucked up society. I know. I know. So if it you does, don't I understand what that. you're saying. So it's, it's flipped that that too is a form
1: of. When you discriminate, when you encourage right. people to not be profitable in a capitalist society like ours, all of a sudden, no one's going to fucking work, and that's exactly the situation that we've crafted Agreed. for ourselves. Agreed. Now, all of a sudden, you have people who are expecting a handout. You have people relying on the government. That's right. And you're expecting more and more people to, to row this boat. Wealthy people are not, and only you're not frowned rowing.
0: upon, but they're scorned. They're scorned by society.
1: There's there's interesting studies there too, where uh, you know if you uh, they've done studies where. Like when they uh when people are asked to contribute into small groups and they contribute in to help everyone else, people initially do it a lot. But then when you start seeing the freeloaders, people stop doing it and they start becoming more selfish until you can offer in a form of punishment. And when you can punish other people, then all of a sudden you're much more likely to give more to the community because you can punish the people who aren't um, who aren't contributing, and we've eliminated the punishment of that, and that right. punishment is shame. Right. The right. punishment is embarrassment, right. and the idea that poor people are somehow accepted in our society, and they sh- they shouldn't be shamed for it. Right. Shame is our tool. That's, That's our right. punishment That's for right. people who who don't follow along with the rest of society. There was
0: such a stigma in the fifties about food stamps. Yeah, and things. such a stigma.
1: And now I think it's just a commonly open. And
0: now it's, it's it, well, especially by the liberal community, and they, and they, it's embraced, like, how can we help you? It's our fault that I you're was, in this position. I was so disgusted when I
1: was, when I was working in the film industry yeah. uh, a number of years ago. It was very common because it was working commercials and music videos, and you would go from gig to gig to gig. And everybody would work this gig, and then when they were done, they would file for unemployment. And you could do that, all right, because... they technically the job had ended and you lost your job and then of course you would get another one later on. And they would even try to get um you know, I remember some people saying, Oh no, I can't take this job because if I do it I'll lose my unemployment, which is so fucked up. Like, oh, I need my free money from the government. Right. Rather right. than going out and, and earning it. Right. And and the fact that they didn't have shame to even say that, I never took unemployment and I needed it, man. I, I probably should have been taking unemployment but I refuse to do it. I'm like, that's wrong. It's not my money. And I should get off my ass and get a fucking job. And that's what I did. It was really hard, man. Yeah. I told you, I was sleeping on the floor yeah. next to the trash can. Yeah. But it, you find a way. And that's just what you do. And I'm very proud of the fact that I never took that money. And I think people who do, who do they should be shamed. Now, look, I don't think the government should even offer that money. I think that money, you, if you haven't created a safety net for yourself... You don't deserve to have the government bail you out, right?
0: Well, a the the money doesn't really work; it doesn't do much good, and b it's sending the wrong message. No, because everybody stays on wrong, unemployment as right. long as they can. Right? Why right. would you want to so get off? It doesn't do, and b it's sending the wrong message. It's sending the wrong message. Yep. I
1: think we review films on this podcast sometimes. Do it, are but, we going
0: to talk about abortion? You know, let's talk. Okay, about was that it for your weekend review? Yeah, those whatever. two
1: films. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about the movie. The movie, Robert. Woo, Woo! Oh, Yeah. Sorry, Ta- producer Joey has something for me. All right you got a whole list right Wait, there. Wait, do we have other... Same is director who did Director who's remakes? done multiple movies. This is really interesting. Okay. Let's hear it. Ken Scott did Starbuck Delivery Man. Is that right? Starbuck. Oh, okay. Starbuck. And then it re- redid it as Delivery Man. Different title, same premise. Yeah. I don't I don't want to mention this one because it's one that's going to come up oh, a little bit oh, yeah. later it's tonight. That's right. Alfred Hitchcock did The Man Who Knew Too you're right, Much you're right, twice. you're right, you're right, you're right. Didn't you he do Infra Murder? Twice, no, it Man did too much. Yeah, uh, Takashi Shimizu he did The Grudge twice, the, the Japanese version right. and then the American version. Same director, yeah. Frank Capra did Lady for a Day and Pocket Full of Miracles. I don't know same that story. Song, is, is it same story? I don't story? know. Uh, Funny Games that was the one that I mentioned right. before. The Vanishing we mentioned that before. Yeah. Uh, Howard Hawks did Ball of Fire and A Song Is Born. I don't know those films either. Hmm. Huh? Ole Borndahl did. Uh, not of a Gaden. Not of a Gaden. And then Night Watch. Oh, that's right. Night Watch was good. I forgot about it. that. was with you and McGregor. Man, Nightwatch, good film. Check that one out. I should go see the uh the original. And then what do you got? Gala Bab- Babluni? Babalone. Man, I'm so bad at these four names. Uh did thirteen twice and then uh Yesuzu. Ozu did a story of floating weeds and then floating weeds twice. Wow, there's a bunch oh, of them. Interesting. You got some actors in here. Josh, Josh Whedon did Age of Ultron and has a lot in common with the Buffy episode of I, Robot, Eugene. And J.J. Abrams' crack at Star Wars Force Awakens was pretty much a straight-up remake of A New Hope. But I'm s- Oh, yeah.
0: But I'm still going to make the argument that it's lazy and it's not... The d- director is inflexing his or her muscles to try something different you don't buy that do you no you don't buy it at all no because i think there's a uh, it's like phoning it in dimmed in there done it successful let's do it again no because rubber I, stamp rubber no,
1: stamp i disagree i think you can find stuff in the in the re where you go you know what here's where this was right. flawed anyway there's that hey well let's okay. talk about reversing row you wanna oh do we have to all right, now, I could sit here and rant about politics for another hour and a half. If Robert, want. talk us through it. A hey, reversing Roe is a documentary on Netflix. You can check it out. It is all about the uh, historical background to the Roe versus Wade decision, and then also uh, the 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 kind of changes that have been happening politically with abortion, and why abortion is such a, a hot political topic, and the possible future of. Uh, Roe versus Wade, the Roe versus Wade decision and it being potentially overturned in the Supreme Court. Well said. Thanks, bud. Well said. I've been practicing that. I can tell. Do you like it? No, I didn't practice. No, but I mean, what do you think of the movie? Um, <clears throat> You know what? I felt like almost the same thing that it did with The Red Pill. I, I liked it. It was shot really well, but it was uh, it just didn't, it didn't really go anywhere. This movie was dead on arrival. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, <sighs> it was good. Uh I wasn't blown away. Here's what I wrote down. Okay. One sentence. Why wow, you write things down?
0: I do. While I'm watching it, mm. yeah, I take notes. Uh, was this film
1: Ladi da Mr. Note Taker over here?
0: Was it an overview or was it a rehashing? And that's what I was struggling with. It, it at times it felt like I, I know this. We know the issues. We know what went on. I know what you but mean. Maybe but maybe for people who aren't aware, yeah, it's a good documentary. Look, Robert, Robert. As as you know, I used to teach the Speech One Hundred and One Public Speaking, and I don't know how many speeches to persuade on, on um uh, Roe versus uh, Roe Wade. Roe versus Wade. Uh, so I, I've heard this. I've heard this. I've heard all the arguments about abortion and so on. So maybe part of that is that I'm I've built up. I built up a, a a lack of compassion for it because I'm I'm so familiar with all the arguments, the issues, even the history of it, and maybe this was a good film for newbies, people who need to be exposed to this stuff. I felt like it was a rehashing like what, I thought it
1: did a good job. It, there was a segment of the movie where they they explained how the court case came to be and who Roe and Wade were. That was interesting. Yeah.
0: That was cuz it was based on John
1: Doe, right. Jane Rowe. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. And then I guess the woman later on became, became a, a that's big great. Christian. Uh, yeah, she Christian, changed her mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. You know it was interesting how virtually all the presidents flip-flopped. Yeah. That was that, that was, was really interesting, really yeah. interesting. Uh, including Trump. And the others before him, yeah, they they were became two faced on this issue. They were telling the people what the people wanted to hear at that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was yeah. You know what? I want to bring up an interesting philosophical question. And when I was younger, I always felt that documentaries either should be objective, or should be attempt to be objective, unbiased to show both sides and, and let the audience decide for themselves but i know there's been a shift away from that the last couple of decades yeah. right and we, we, you know we we've seen this with michael moore's documentaries right right that's what i was going to say yeah i know that's the perfect example where obviously with this film the filmmakers had an agenda but and you i think what? it's safe I, to say that it no, was
1: no i don't think that's i don't think that's safe to say they did have an agenda but the problem was i think they tried i think i think if these filmmakers were sitting here i think they would say we really tried to be even handed but I don't think they were. I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem that I have with this documentary is it tries to be even-handed, but every time it shows uh, a person in the documentary that doesn't agree with their side, they're kind of a religious nut yes,
0: job. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah. I'm not upset with that person. I'm going to pray for her. That's yeah. what,
1: the lady who was being
0: dragged out of the, the Senate chambers. It didn't give it, it them... Was, it wasn't...
1: It didn't give the... That, it
0: didn't show them as being smart or articulate. Right. It did not give them a and fair... And that was bothering me.
1: A that was voice. bothering me. That yeah.
0: was, for me, there was a built-in agenda, and I thought it was very one-sided.
1: And that, That's what I'm saying is it was very one-sided, but I think they felt like they were being even-handed. Right. And I don't think they were what did you think did you like the film
0: mm, no I guess and again I, I felt like it was a rehashing mm. I learned a few things but it is a movie where I found myself getting a little bit restless mm. and uh, looked at my watch every 10 or 12 minutes and I'm I'm glad I saw it I didn't get much out of it and again maybe that's because of me and I'm so from and I'm you know older than younger people who might be seeing this and are exposed to the issue for the first time right so I guess it does have merit depending on the audience
1: well I think this uh, begs the question. What do you think about abortion? Are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice? Or what do you think?
0: I've certainly vacillated. And I think that me personally, that I'm, I, I waver a lot. And however, even though I would have trouble on a personal level, I do think it should be legalized so people can make sure it's done right, proper, clean, and not with a coat hanger in a back alley. So I think it should be legalized and let the individual wrestle with the morality of it. So in that sense, I'm in favor of legalizing it. I know that I would have a hard time if, if my significant other and I were discussing what should we do. That's kind of a wishy-washy. Actually, it's not a wishy-washy response. No, you get stance. Yeah. So it's it's treading both sides. However, I do think it should be legal because of the uh, the Code Hager reference. Robert, I don't know you so well. Mm. You're one of my dearest friends. I don't know how you feel about the topic of abortion. Mm. Do you feel it should be legal? would you would you even consider it for someone It's
1: one know? of it's it's odd that we've never discussed it. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the issue that I'm most passionate about in terms of politics. I and don't I don't, don't talk way, about it.
0: I don't know which way you're going to go on this yet. I know you so well. I A producer
1: am you know me. I this have is I, really I've said this interesting. before, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you saw the seriousness. It's it's you're against, it. You're against it. I'm aren't? very against
0: it. it. You're against it.
1: Um because it's I feel like that's a murder it's murder yeah, it's murder yeah. and while i understand uh, the only argument that even has real appeal to me i like what you're saying about the 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 cleanliness like, and things like that i understand that I, I think the real appealing argument is that i don't want the government telling me what to do with my body I don't want the government involved in anything. I I hate the government. Wait,
0: you're making an argument that it should be legalized. I
1: understand. That's what I'm saying. That's the only appealing oh, okay. argument yeah. that I have, yeah. which is get the government the fuck out of all of my decisions. Right. right, However, if we if we follow that logic, I think that life begins at conception. And so if that's when life begins, then what we're basically saying is the government should not legal it, like make murder illegal. And I can't get behind that. I think the government is there to say, look, there are some basic things like your rights cannot intrude on someone else's rights. So the government should, if so facto, make this illegal as well. But I'm consistent with my beliefs. And I think the big problem with a lot of the people that are on the political right about that issue is I, th- I think really it comes down to them not wanting people to have sex i think that's really it's a religious thing it's like oh you shouldn't be having sex you should be punished for it and if you have sex then you just have to deal with the consequences because they're they're hypocritical i don't know if that's fair no i think that's say. very true i think that they don't want people to have sex I, yeah I, I think that's de- I, I, the religious right man grew up in tennessee and you tell me what you think well, that, but, it was all just oh you can't be having sex don't be holding hands i was just very very strict right but i think the I think they're inconsistent in their viewpoints because these are also the same people who are uh, anti-capital punishment. And it's like, oh, you can't murder babies, but we can murder these criminals. And I'm very adamant that there should be no capital punishment. No one should be put to death by the government. So, no one.
0: There's that, as you know, there's that debate term of attitudinal inherency where even if you pass laws, people would do it anyway. And that's obviously an argument that supports that it should be legal because people are going to do it anyway. The government should not endorse it. We shouldn't
1: be held victim to. We're being held hostage by these outliers who decide, oh well, if you don't let me, I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to do it in these really gross conditions. Well, then you get what you get. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do something illegal, if you're going to go smoke crack, and then you're going to be upset about the impurity of that crack because that crack is illegal. That doesn't mean that we should legalize drugs. Now, incidentally, I do think we should legalize drugs, but that's a different whole Mm -hmm. kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. Save that for the
0: next documentary.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I probably should have said heroin instead of crack. There you go. Anyway,
0: you get my point. Oh, of course I do. Of course I do. And I'm not surprised to hear you with this this
1: opinion of yours. I'm not surprised. I think it makes sense. We the sanctity of life is so important, and people are flipping about it. And that's what bothers you you
0: know what's interesting, and this was touched upon in the documentary of uh, the image of the sonogram mm. kind of t- made an emotional argument that here it is, yeah, and you can look at the sonogram and people put it on their refrigerators, yeah you know, with magnets, and you see the formation you see the formation of of what is I, and I, think I see that as a built in the way that, that the film an emotional kind of, wallop,
1: yeah. And the way the film kind of portrayed the lawmakers who were saying, "Oh, you have to look at that that sonogram before you have an ab- an abortion." Fuck yeah, you should. You should see what you're doing. Be like, "Hey, are you sure you want to do this?" Not just kind of like, "Ah, oh, yeah, whatever." I mean, you should make sure. So, anyway, interesting.
0: Yeah, I think we had the same opinion on the movie itself. That it I was, think so. I think I
1: think we agree on the film itself. But um, there was a. Another film that came out a while back uh, by Tony Kay, the guy, same director who directed uh, American History X. And he directed a documentary about abortion. It was called Ring of Fire. And it's a really, really good documentary. And I was thinking, it's really hard to not draw comparisons between the two of these. First of all, that, that movie was shot all in black and white, which I thought was an interesting choice because the issue seems to be these kind of like this black and white, like polarizing... Issue and I thought that was really cool to kind of shoot the whole Documentary in black and white to kind of represent The uh, the political nature Of, of the content right. But I think the Difference between what he shot And what this film is Is this film tended to focus on the political nature And and the, the background To it whereas Ring of Fire Focused on the individual and the choice That an individual has When they go into the clinic and it even Ends on this really great moment with this woman who's The whole movie She's been vacillating as to whether or not she wants an abortion. And I would
0: have liked that as a thread in this film.
1: Yeah. That's what it's missing.
0: That's it, the thread. That's there's the, no human you component. Know, was really good, well, actually, there was the gynecologist and the last shot, which was really powerful watching her having to drive 200 miles to the closest abortion clinic. Sure. You know, and she was kind of throughout the film. We saw her yeah. multiple times. And there was, a, I like threads yeah. in film, especially when there's emotional, where it's a person we can latch onto. And I like what you just said about someone who's wrestling with the idea and they decide what to do we follow that journey but it still tells the whole big picture as well right that's i think more intelligent filmmaking
1: i, I, I the only problem that i had with her character is i felt so browbeated it was it was so i i, I felt like I, she was judging me for my decisions like oh all these people they just want women to not have rights i don't Are you crazy? Of course I want women to have rights. Well, let me ask you something. You made your stand on abortion. But not at the cost of killing a baby. You made your stand on abortion very
0: clear. With the same argument projected, how do you feel about the pill? So, all right. So pills and the morning after pill. And morning after pill and condoms. Isn't that stopping what could be a child? I see no problem with
1: condoms whatsoever. Really? Yeah. But the IUD and um, right. and, and the, the pill prevents implementation, so it, it prevents, the, um, prevents the egg from sticking to the wall.
0: Right. Aren't you doing – almost by projection, isn't it the same argument? I, and I, an I think you
1: could make that argument, but I don't I, – I think that's a – Stretch? That's a real, real stretch. Um, because I, I think at that point, you're taking, you're taking steps to never have the cell start. I understand, but with a condom, that's you have no problem with that. Well, yeah. Then I mean, there's you can't even argue that it it was.
0: It's possible. It's
1: preventing what could be. It's possible. But that's it's like preventing that's like. Could be. Are you playing God? I mean, that that's a whole other issue. If you want to say that life begins when the sperm hits the egg in that moment, then I think there there could be an argument for IUDs and for. Pills, because that that egg floats down and just doesn't stick to the side of the uterus wall, right? But with a condom, the the sperm never right, hits the right, egg right, in the first right. place. Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess the morning after pill is what I'm most curious about. And how you're? Listen,
1: starting. that's why I just straight anal all the time. Uh, I knew it. Dry, oh god, dry yeah, anal. Poor wife.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cut to Joey's reaction. Look at her.
1: She's she's wanting it. Look at her. She's wanting that.
0: Um. <sighs> You know what was really interesting, too? Uh, the segments that I found fascinating were, uh, again, the background of Roe versus Wade. The presidents, we saw Reagan yeah. flip-flop, yeah. Bush flip-flop, uh, Trump flip flops. They were both speaking out of both sides of their mouths. Uh, Clinton and, did, too, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they all did. They were telling the people wanted what they wanted to hear at that moment. And everybody, they all flip flop. Uh, I found Operation Rescue really fascinating. And I knew about this. when I would tell my students about this in the speech class about how people who were adamant would take pot shots at the doctors going into the abortion clinics, but they had to go across the street you can't be on the private property. You've got, and that was shown in the film yeah. that you've got to be at the gas station across the street, and that there actually, and there was that one famous doctor, Doctor Tiller, mm-hmm. and I was curious about him, and we saw him, and uh, they explained how he was uh, shot, killed, yeah, killed in a church, I think he was a church, service, and somebody killed him, and these um, zealots thought uh, they were doing and the right thing, they
1: because they're murderers. That's, that's fucking uh, awful too. That does not just because someone else is a murderer does not give you a right to murder them. Good. I'm glad you're not advocating. That's awful. To kill no, an a- abortion That's doctor. totally hypocritical. I know. I know. Yeah. And you know what else? I think I I I've had several friends who have uh, had abortions. I've even had girlfriends who've had abortions. None with mine that I'm aware of. And I've made it very clear to everyone that I've dated that if they would have had an abortion with my baby, that would be grounds for me to never speak to them again. Like that. That to me is the biggest. I see no difference between that and you walking into the nursery and just slitting my daughter's throat. I I would see it as that serious of an offense. But if they're going to have their abortion with someone else, that's their business. It's not mine. And it's not my place to step in.
0: Two questions. This is great. We're talking more about the issue than the film for a moment. But let's just do this. Um, What about a woman who's raped? What about Robert? Can you see a few exceptions such as a no. rape I'll and b a deformity, a deformed fetus, as also an
1: argument? N- definitely not, feel not the about deformed those? fetus. Deform, really, deformed fetuses are lives. They have the right to. But come without
0: in. arms, without legs, and they're okay. You feel that they should? Yeah. that's not. But what about someone who's rape, raped? Let's and, go incest,
1: right? You want to put incest yeah, in the back too? Yeah, let's go hardcore
0: on this. All right, this means that the woman would have to give birth, go through all that for nine months. Yeah. And every time she holds this infant, this child, the memory yeah. of this act of violence would be so ingrained in her. Don't you feel that that would be an extreme case where perhaps abortion is the morally right thing to do?
1: Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to go rape somebody and find out. And the second thing we need to do, well, I guess we need to do two. We need to do a control. So we'll rape, rape someone and get her pregnant. <laughs> group A. And then she has the abortion. Yeah. And then group B is we rape her and... Then, you know, she okay, has the baby. Come on,
0: come on. Serious I really want to hear your opinion on this, sir.
1: I would... Okay, the deformity is no question. Really? No question you got to bring that in, into full term. And I, I Producer Joey and I had discussed that before she got pregnant, which was... I mean, if we have a baby that has Down syndrome, uh, I mean, I'm not going to be thrilled about that. Obviously, we want somebody that's healthy... But I would never say... Not just
0: Down syndrome, but there was... Remember that era in the... the Thalidomide not, babies?
1: That's the drug. Yeah.
0: That's the drug. Without arms, without legs.
1: And Do you think yeah. the peop- the babies that survived would rather have not existed? I mean, that that's kind of a... Uh, that, that's I'm talking about playing God. I mean, just to say, all right, you don't get the chance to exist. Okay, but let's go to the rape question. All right. With rape... And with incest. Yeah. We'll, we'll put those both in the same bag. Right. So I'm giving it to you. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. First of all, the first thing to consider is that that's such a small amount of cases. That's an extremely rare situation where that happens. So we're talking about, I mean, tiny numbers. And what happens is a very common thing to do where we use the, the, the minor examples to prove the overall point. As if somehow these, you know, three or four cases happen per year somehow prove the overall nature of okay it's more than three or four but okay all right no it doesn't happen that often Come on that women get pregnant off of a rape that doesn't happen all that i think often. more than three or four times a year but okay go ah, ahead with your point anyway i'm sure it is i'm sure it's more it's probably five or six <laughs> at any rate the the those same cases they've done psychological testing and most women who have the baby are able to cope and deal with the rape so much better because they're forced to have to deal with the child. And most psychologists will say that. I don't they, buy it. I buy it. Where's this evidence? And even if that doesn't work, even if that, well, what do you mean? Where's this evidence? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, Most I,
0: psychologists have said, where? There, Come on. there was
1: a psychological study that was yeah. that was showing. Yeah. Show because, me your evidence. Come on. I don't, debate I don't, coach. I don't have it right in front yeah. of me, mm, but I'll yeah. try to pull it up. Even if that's wrong, It still doesn't negate the fact that it's not the child's fault. It's not the baby's fault. Look, you're driving home and you get into a car accident and it tears your arm off. All right, that sucks. It's not your fault. Somebody ran into you. Some drunken asshole slammed into you. Your life is now affected for the rest of your existence on earth without your right arm. That's not your fault. But you have to deal with it. And the same thing happens to a woman who's raped. It's not her fault. It's this asshole's fault. But you know what? you got to deal with this. And there's a right way and a wrong way out of it. And the right way is have this baby. So I, I don't think murdering someone is is the answer to a crime that's happened to you. That's two wrongs don't make a right. Right. Now, of course, liberals
0: are going to say it's not murder, of course. You're, you've you been using that word. but Well, I, I would definitely I know, say it's murder. What do, you, what do you have there?
1: All right. So the national rape-related pregnancy rate is 5% per rape. Among victims of reproductive age, twelve to forty-five, among adult women, estimated thirty-two thousand uh, one hundred and one pregnancies result from rape each year. So, yeah, it's like three or four, or thirty-two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> among thirty-four cases yeah. of rape-related yeah. pregnancy, the majority yeah. occurred among adolescents and resulted by an assault by a known, often related perpetrator. Oh, I wonder. Thank though, you, producer Joey. But I want to. I want to know how they. <laughs> I want to know how they define rape, because that could be date rape. You know, that could be, like, it, is this what we're talking about with... If, is 96th, okay. 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 I
0: right. still, anyway.
1: I, I, aside from all of that, even the numbers, even if uh, everything I'm saying is absolute falsehood, I still rest the idea on it doesn't make sense to murder somebody in order to okay. to get out of that situation. So actually, this
0: movie, that getting back to the documentary, must have been a little bit off-putting for you no, because of because the agenda I
1: can, I can, that we talked about. I can put myself out of right, my political beliefs. Right, right. I, can, I can intellectually have a discussion with someone about the issue and not like it been out of shape and understand people are different. And I think, honestly, I think that's the bigger problem in our society right now. It's like we're not able to let go of our own opinions and engage in thought with other people right. about their opinions and their thoughts. So now, shut up while I keep talking. <laughs> Any money shots in this film? I think okay. that big last sweeping shot of her driving to the next town. Uh, I think that that's going to be the big money shot for uh-huh.
0: me. Yeah, I mean that shot. I mentioned that earlier. It yeah. certainly stood out for me as well.
1: Then the cornfields or whatever that was. Yeah. The big yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Camera panning through the, and then pulling back. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and I guess I don't know the the footage. Of and it's not just because you said it, but also the footage of Reagan as governor uh, advocating abortion. That was a little Isn't like that something. And that, that's who they began with, and it was very like, whoa! I, really?
0: I, it made me pull back. Like yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I guess those two things. Yeah. and yeah. it's funny that those are the two things that you latched onto as well, because right. I latched onto them right. Too. I like, had like a baby to a teat.
0: Like a, I like how you keep the thing. I had a couple in addition to what you just said, a couple money shots as yep. well. This was on the screen for a third of a second, and it was a quick insert shot. And I I hope you didn't—you were able to see it, where there was just as
1: long as the baby's life. uh, All right, all right, right. stop it, Robert, Stop it.
0: We know your agenda. Uh, A a 26-year-old female attorney spoke in front of the Supreme Court, and she was the youngest attorney to speak in front of the Supreme Court. You were looking at her legs. Stop it! Um, And the headline of a local newspaper said, "Blonde Attorney."
1: Oh yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. Fuck. It was just so this sexist. Is,
0: in a way, it's sort of related. You can make the argument by extension, but wow. A newspaper would not. That's I cringed. Blonde Attorney Defends Abortion. That was the headline of a local newspaper. Blonde Attorney. Just Look imagine how, just, the,
1: the that, discussion, Robert.
0: I'm so glad you noticed that.
1: Imagine the discussion. Wait, you be the reporter. Yeah, yeah. You be the reporter pitching your article, and I'll be the editor of the paper. All right. Yeah. So go ahead. Bring, so, bring it up.
0: So anyway, so she's this. Bl- she's blonde and she's very attractive, uh-huh. and
1: she spoke in front
0: of the Supreme Court. Uh-huh. And I think a it should be the lead story on the front page, and let's get a great headline. What do you, What do you think the headline? Something about uh-huh. this wonderful advocate, a woman who's standing in front of the Supreme Court, the youngest. The youngest attorney happens to be female talking to the Supreme Court. Give me a pitch. Pitch what you think would be a good headline, editor.
1: Uh, how about young cunt talks to <laughs> nine wise men? How about that? Yeah. No? Uh, how about
0: blonde attorney defends abortion? Well, we don't
1: know what color of pubic hair are. Ah. Uh. I was, real, I was really startled. You think the carpet matches uh, the drapes? It
0: matches the drape. right, right. You know what? Can I just mention, can I just mention yeah. one more really quick? And Oh,
1: bitch talks to you. There you go. That's, yeah. That's
0: it. Blonde bitch yeah. defends abortion. You're right. That should be the headline of the local paper. Anyway, I, w- I really was startled when I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, and point number two, that when, when um, this... Um, Wendy was doing a filibuster. Filibusters, we have to talk sometime. You've got to explain to me, filibusters, why they do it. What's the, well, that's, I,
1: okay. Oh, you don't want me to get into that now? We, it's I think we've already, already had tangents, I know.
0: But I want to say that there was a, she was up for a long time. Yeah. And they did a shot of her tennis shoes. Yeah. She was wearing tennis shoes. And I thought, Do you wow, remember when it happened? Wow. I remember hearing about it. Because I,
1: I think. I, th- I was. It was on social media a lot, and yeah. I don't think that you were really on social media at that time. It was all over Twitter and.
0: Right, you're right. It was before. I, I remember I, that was savvy. one of the first
1: big hashtags. I remember. I remember happening, and it was like we. I stand with Wendy and. Yeah, and I. I want to say that's where that I stand with came came from. Oh. Because it was like, I'm going to, st- she can't sit. And it was literally, I stand with her. Well, that's
0: interesting. That's I, real interesting. I think that's where it came from. I hope that's right, what you're saying. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the shot on her tennis shoes. Just, I found that a powerful little beat in the there film. There you go. There we have it. Yeah. Was it, uh, was anti-wave? it anti wave? Anti wave? Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for this. You go, you go first this time. Because I've been mulling this question.
1: Yeah, I think it was. I do too. Um, not as much as I would have liked. Mm. Uh, I really, I I think, I'm I'm going to plug in the other movie. Ring of Fire was so much more anti-wave and so much more rewarding and just an all-around better film with the same topic. And, and it was truly even-handed. It really said, Here, here's what some people say, here's what other people say. Whereas this film, I think, had too much of an agenda. It followed the kind of stereotypical Hollywood agenda. Um, it didn't really have teeth. It had a couple of interesting footnotes of like the the presidents, but ultimately, I would have to say uh, three. Four. Four. Same yeah. thing. A, I, I was thinking four. I was yeah, isolated yeah. between three and
0: four. A, it's a documentary. Like we've said over and over again, documentaries by their very nature tend to be Almost anti-wave. always anti-wave, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we think they would. And B, obviously, it dealt with life and death. Yeah. So that too. And I, I was hovering at... Um, at, at four as an anti-wave we're saying the same thing yeah actually we, we have a similar take on the film too yeah and we can still be friends even though we disagree about legalizing but do, it. i
1: mean you even said at the beginning you vacillated over oh years. if it was done on personal but when, what i think re- interesting I, is that, out.
0: I just think it should be legal so people can decide for themselves boom
1: that's that's our difference i well, i think that's interesting that, because you you it, thought i would be more no with you in in your 40 years on this earth yeah how many
0: have I impregnated? <laughs> no. Uh,
1: but as long as you've Wait, been here... 40
0: years... Oh, you mean active sexually? No, I just mean you're, you're only oh, 43 okay. years
1: old, thank right? Thank you. Thank you, Robert. You know what I mean? uh, you've, you're saying that you're still vacillating, and yeah. the presidents have vacillated. Yeah. And it's kind of weird because we're so shocked that oh, the president... Change their mind. I think it's great that the presidents have changed their mind. Well, wait a minute.
0: Wait, wait a minute. Did those presidents we mentioned really change their mind, or were they just telling the people what they it want it to hear to get elected? Does it matter? So, yeah, those are nah. two different things. You, you, I, I think that their soul.
1: Wait, what, what, Robert. cares what their
0: soul The whole core of politics to win any election is tell the people what they want to hear. Audience analysis.
1: Yes. And then yes. and so and enact policy, policy that the people want. If the president doesn't like any of those policies but he still does it i don't give a fuck what he thinks i don't need my president to agree with me i just want my president to do what i want him to do
0: right i'm simply suggesting those presidents do not necessarily change their
1: mind they're just being smart great okay why is that such a bad idea I, it's like somehow oh but he's being disingenuous so what he's he's catering to the what the most people want they're gonna elect him and get get him back in the office yeah go
0: read profiles and courage Oh, by Kennedy. And he gave all these examples about doing the morally right thing in spite of what the masses feel you should do. Oh
1: yeah. That guy, Kennedy, Mr. He, he, had, he would like force women to give his uh his, You could still be a great leader and a
0: horn dog. Secretary you of State blowjobs in the White
1: House pool. You could still be a great leader and be a, a horn dog. <laughs> well, if if no. we're t- and that's moral. He wasn't a horn dog, he he was like raping women in the White House.
0: The power allowed
1: him to. <laughs> it's true. That's that was what he called his penis—the the power. The, the, well, the, the power,
0: being present, you allow that gives you a green light, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It but does. Somehow morality goes out the window. Look, what is morality? Morality is—it's a—it's one man's perspective. Morality yep. to you is not morality to me. It's all subjective, right? Whew. There you go. Whoa. Next week we promise a heavy version. I'm sorry, <laughs> to, I'm sorry to keep it so light and and entertaining with this week.
0: Man. Oh, hey, can I squeeze in a quick uh, one? We did get a, a letter, an yeah. e- email. May I squeeze at for it? Go for it. You know what, Robert? I'm going to skip the ditty. I'm going to skip the ditty. That,
1: yep. That's a podcast first. Uh,
0: this is from a faithful listener who said... Ira, uh, did
1: you just leave the ditty at home?
0: No, it's right here, but I'm, I'm doing you a favor. It's a gift. Okay. Yeah, I can't find my piece of paper, but that's <laughs> all. The, but that's all the...
1: <laughs> I knew there had to be another reason.
0: <laughs> hey, guys, this reader wrote, writes... Um, uh, Robert you talked about Hitchcock movies often being about missing persons you forgot the most obvious one the lady vanishes he's right that's he's right. the most obvious one yeah well look at the title well look at the, that's the most obvious the Hitchcock most obvious movies. Movies. one yeah nobody's seen the lady vanishes it's, that's look, not obvious you know what it's an age thing. Yeah. The older people will embrace that film than the younger pe- The Lady Vanishes. It's a, it's a classic Hitchcock film
1: With a title, The Lady Vanishes. Is it a classic or is it it's just is it one of the movies that... Well, it's that
0: one of the... It's old. It's,
1: it's old and Hitchcock did it, so therefore therefore a classic. a classic Wow. look
0: I you. Wow. ironic anyway, I think very title, The the very title yeah. the lady vanishes yeah. that's all but I want to mention one driving home last night last week. After having done this podcast a week ago, there was one movie that flashed into me, and I wish I had said it. There are two films called Obsession, but I'm talking about my favorite one, which is 1976, a Brian De Palma movie. It's it's almost obscure. I saw it in the theater when it first came out, and it was um, it was written by Paul Schrader. How about that? Hmm. Paul Schrader did a screenplay. Early Brian De Palma and uh, Genevieve Begeau was in it and um, also Cliff Robertson. And there were three twists in this film where his wife and daughter are are kidnapped. There's a twist upon a twist in the third act. is It's beautifully photographed by wow. Vilo Zygmunt, one of our favorite cinematographers. It's a gorgeous to look at. Bernard Harriman did the music. He said in interviews it might be his favorite film that he scored, wow. Brian Ehrman, and it's called you made Obsession. You maybe want to watch that. Yeah, I would really recommend it. Obsession. Obsession, 1976, Brian De Palma, and uh, it's all about. De Palma
1: ever. was really going for that. Like I'm going to pick up where Hitchcock oh, left yeah, yeah. off. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. He patterned his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they worked, and sometimes they didn't. Like we've said before. Kind of like it's Hitchcock, so, honestly. You're I mean, that's good. Hitchcock, no, everyone's
1: yeah. like, oh, all this stuff is so great. Nah, there's a there's a few stinkers in yeah. there. You go back and look at some of those and you're like, mm, yeah. I don't know about this one. There's great stuff in there too, but some of those are like, mm. yeah. Obsession. I wish I had said that last week. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Hey, you want to do a
1: quick dead corner? Ah, Dead Corner. Who died this week?
0: Should I? I think I'm gonna do it again. Hey Robert, I'm gonna save you the ditty. Wow, Ira, you're so nice. Yeah. Gotta tell you, unfortunately, we must the falling people turn to dust. Damn all right, it. all right. We lost the following people in the industry for this week. Peter Donat, 90 year old American. Canadian. Peter Donovitch? Huh? Nothing. No, that, go ahead. This guy was in The Godfather Part 3. He was in China Syndrome. I love that movie, China Syndrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in War of the Roses, Skin Deep. He was in the game. We spoke about that. Yeah. And Tucker, A Man in His Dream, character actor. I love actor, Tucker. I know. I love that film. Can and I he, tell you something?
1: Please. I've never seen The China Syndrome. Oh. Yeah.
0: Jane Fonda. Yeah, I and know it. Jack Lemon.
1: Yeah, I really want to see it. It's on my list. It's 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 a good movie. It's, it's one solid. of those those movies. There's a whole chunk of movies from the '70s I've just never seen that I need to. I'm trying to chip away at them.
0: And it happened just months before Chernobyl. Yeah, you know about yeah. that, right? Yeah, just before Chernobyl. Yeah, so please see that film. Character actor Peter Donat. We also lost a 65 year old American sound designer, hmm. Frank. S- uh, S- Seraphine, and he did sound. He actually won an Oscar for, um, it was Star Trek, the motion picture. He did Tron, The Hunt for Red October. It was a traffic collision. Oh, what do you think that sounded like? (laughs) That's like that other Bride De Palma movie, Blowout. (laughs) was all yeah. about sound, yeah. right? Right, yeah. with Nancy Allen. Yeah, yeah. We, we lost him. Jack Young, a 91-year-old American actor and a stuntman. Here's a stuntman for change who didn't die on the set, but wow. he died of old age, so that's good. He was in early TV, Death Valley Days, Wagon Train. He was in How the West Was Won. He and died I parachuting. Want- <laughs> I want to say that Jack Young often uncredited i want to mention that he was in other films like winchester 73 high noon hondo the searchers 310 to yuma the alamo the first all right. one Who all else? the west was 70 movies he was in all right we also lost an 88 year old beverly um, Bentley. And did everybody die this week or yeah, what? Yeah, it's been quite... A, I'm almost done. American actress. She, by the way, was in that film called Scent of Mystery. And we spoke about this. That was with Smell-O-Vision. I want oh, to talk... Okay. Let me digress for one second. Smell-O-Vision, 1960 mystery film. It was the first to use smells that were pumped into the theater. And they actually re-released it it was, came out as called Holiday in Spain then in 2015 they actually had theaters in, in Los Angeles most people don't Denmark, know this but you England. had
1: You they used Ira's scent for one of the <laughs> smells right <laughs> That's when people started vomiting From, so in the, the aisles. That was the
0: porn movie. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> American actress. So she was in movies like Chud and The Golden Boys, and she was also in Face in the Crowd, that wonderful film. Face the Crowd. We lost Dudley Sutton. He's a very well-known 85-year-old British actor. He was in movies called Lovejoy, The Devils, The Pink Panther Strikes Again. But I have one that's really special to me. Just Please. one? There, this is my this is my dead quarter spotlight. All right.
1: Who's your spotlight?
0: Probably someone you haven't heard of, Finella Fielding. Now she was. Oh, Finella Fielding! You stop. You have not heard of the Carry On movies. We've lost a lot of people. This is the third one. She was in. Um, she was in Carry On Regardless and Carry On Screaming, Robert. She was responsible for that old joke. She first started where she says, do you mind if I smoke?" And No, it's fine. And smoke billows out of her face. That was the first time that that joke was used <laughs> in a film. I want to say one more thing on a personal level. She was in that TV cult series, The Prisoner, and she did oh. the voice uh, of the in the village. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. That was her voice. And she passed away. Uh, Fiona Fe- Fielding, 90, 90 years, years old. Young. 90 years old. And uh, Kirk Douglas is dead, too. Okay. All right.
1: I'm sorry. What was the last one? Uh, Kirk. Kirk.
0: Michael Douglas's father.
1: He's dead? Dead, and you you skipped right past that.
0: Whatever, Golden Age of Cinema. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. yeah.
1: Interesting that you know that your, what Fiona Felding. Well, I'm just saying, in your, what in your what Dead Corner Spotlight? Yeah, the Spotlight focused on Fiona Felding and and well, not Kirk. You know, Kirk Douglas. He's got a son in jail. Whatever. So, the guy gets gets a son in jail. And, yeah. All right. what? Yeah. Just interesting. Yeah. That's all. Hey,
0: it's my moral compass.
1: Hey, man, you want to do top I, five? I got values. Hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. I'm sorry. What's that? Oh, we have a game. Oh, the game. Wait, 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 wait. Vern, shush. <laughs> oh, God, <I> <laughs> spir- all right. Let's let's uh, let's play a quick game, all right? I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> this is real or unreal. We'll do three of these. Oh, all right? good. I like this game. This will go pretty fast. All right. Okay. First movie, real or unreal? This is called October Baby. (laughs) I think we're getting a baby theme. Here we go. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. All right. A beautiful and naive college freshman sets out on a road trip with her misfit friends to discover herself after she learns that she was adopted and her mom tried to abort her. Now, for anyone who's listening, our goal now is, Ira and I have to guess, is this real or unreal? All right, what do you think? October baby, is that real or unreal? What do you think, Ira? I'm going to suggest that um, producer Joey fabricated it. I feel like that's unreal as well. We're
0: both saying unreal, unreal. And, and now producer Joey holds up a sign. I think is that what you've been doing lately? With East, what is it? Just say. tell us what Just is it, real
1: or unreal? Real. It's real, Robert. We we're both wow. wrong.
0: October real. baby. Ah. Oh, they're your signs. Okay. All
1: right, all right. Hmm. We have to all redeem right. ourselves.
0: Let's do another one.
1: All right, number two. Manifest? No, I'm sorry. Feminist Manifesto, right there, Bruce Joey. Right there is your marker. There you go. <clears throat> feminist Manifesto: A thirty-something involved in the feminist movement gets pregnant and contemplates abortion, just as one of her friends chooses to embrace I a a UDI. What is that? IUI. IUD. No, oh. I- I- U- I. IUI to get pregnant. And another friend and her partner attempt to adopt their foster child. That The font on this makes it look like it was a... It looks like a weird character. I'm going to reread this thing real fast. All right. A 30-something involved in a feminist movement gets pregnant and con- contemplates abortion just as one of her friends chooses to embrace IUI to get pregnant. And another friend and her partner attempt to uh, adopt their foster child. That's got so many little subplots. That's got to be real. I'm saying real. I yeah. was going to say real. I'm going to go real. First Joey, is that real or Unreal unreal she fooled us i down for two two.
0: damn all right let's redeem ourselves all right here we go all right this is at least get this last one this is winner take all
1: winner take all yeah too young to love elizabeth lives with her working mother in new york while her father is away working in california elizabeth's tale is one of parental neglect and lack of guidance she gets in with the wrong crowd. After an affair with a sailor, she has an abortion and is eventually arrested for teenage prostitution and tells her story to a sympathetic judge who holds her fate in the balance. I think producer Joey wrote it. Oh, I think that's real.
0: Oh, you do? Yeah. I'm glad we disagree. This will be more fun on the pale. All right, I'm saying that it's Only one person can get this right. Real
1: or unreal? It is real! (laughs) I like this game. Yeah. There you go. Wow. That sounds real. She gets in with the wrong I thought crop. it was too... The sailor?
0: The descri- But I thought it was so flowery. Okay. Oh, wow. You think okay. Producer
1: Joey would say, hey, she's, well, well, <laughs> she gets in with a sailor? <laughs> like a merchant marine. Hey, man, let's do some uh, top five. You want to do it?
0: Our top five.
1: You, um, You, you want to go oh, to Vern? Oh, and,
0: and our top five? And now hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five.
1: Okay, our top five this week is top five hard choices. I like this one. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, well... um, So, we're going to start with number five. Robert, do you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first if you want. Eh, Okay. My number five is a uh, a movie from 1998, and I think we might have talked about it a little bit when when Christina was here, but uh, 1998, and I'm not sure if this is a choice. I I don't know how to describe it, but... uh, it's with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, sliding doors, and it's the choice that really, like, whether she gets on this train or doesn't get on the train, sets off two completely different narratives of her life. It's, it's a, funny. Was that a choice, or that's what you're? That's arguing. what I'm saying. Is I'm, that a choice, or just an effect of what happens? Yeah. But yeah. basically, like, whatever choice happens before that that right. leads up to her getting onto the train or it's not. It's like the butterfly effect, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, she has had. To make a a choice, and then it winds up... How that choice affects her her entire life. Right, right. So count that, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, good. Now, I will say the rest of these are straight-up choices. Right, okay. So, that's the most kind of... uh, I'm not quite sure. And I'll also grant you... I'm not sure how hard of a choice it was, but it was one of the first films I thought of when I was Mm -hmm. thinking of choices. Okay,
0: okay. All
1: right, there you go. My
0: number five is the original version of The Alamo, 1960. And in this film, we had Colonel Travis, Davy Crockett, and Jim Bowie. They decided to stay in the Alamo, knowing the odds were against them. Good call. Thank you. No way in hell are they going to win. They're most likely going to die. Let's do it anyway. And I want to say a personal thing about this film. I know it was remade not too many years ago. But the original one that was the first time with the music by Dmitry Tiomkin. I fell in love with that score yeah. of the album. Let the old man tell the story. Da, 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 da. This okay. would not be our show if, da, 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 if you didn't da, 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 da. sing at some point. It was point. an everlasting shrine. Once they fought to keep men holy, that is all we need to know. Da, How many okay, times right, have you right, seen it? Right. How many times have you seen Alamo? Well, not that many times, but I had the CD in my car. okay, And I would listen to Mitri Tompkins' music. It's a beautiful score. At any rate, uh, John Wayne starred and directed that film. Right. That's my number five.
1: All right. That's a good choice. Thank yeah. you. The idea of, like, should they split... Yeah. Should they stay in Yeah. It? Huh? Yeah. In the Thank Alamo. You. Number Once four is one of my favorite films of all time from 1955. Do you know which movie I'm going to talk about? No. Give me a hint, please. It's from 1955.
0: Yeah, I know that. Is it's, that the only hint?
1: It's Black and White. Uh, uh, uh. Stars Ernest Borgnine, Marty. Marty. And the choice to go with the girl or not.
0: Oh, Robert, I applaud. Okay.
1: Do you know what I'm saying? Of course I do. And the whole, like, his friends and his mom, everyone is pushing him oh, to go. To What are you run around with this ugly girl for? And they're like, get a pretty woman. And they keep pushing him, pushing him. And then he's like, what the fuck am I doing? I like this woman. She likes me. It's great. What that, a that great film, film! That film
0: touched me. That it's every so man, good, Every Man thing. You know?
1: I, I think that movie really holds up well too. Like yeah. going back and watching it now, you can you can see exactly how this would apply to modern day life. Please never remake this movie. It's so good, and actually, it is a remake. It was a TV movie. It was a t- earlier was earlier playhouse ninety. Yeah. I think it was a live yeah, TV something like yes, that. it was. Yeah, but uh, don't do it. Ever again, because it was—it's great the way it stands. Really, what holds a movie? Up well. What that every man. One of my favorites. To butcher, yeah, to
0: butcher, and just yeah. You know, friends were teasing him about who he was going out with. Yeah, and she wasn't pretty. It, it's enough. the
1: kind of film. It, it, it was an independent kind of film. It was small. It wasn't this big budget. Uh, Charlton Heston parting the Red Sea kind of epic extravaganza, it was just... Let's tell real stories. Let's get simple.
0: After he kisses her at the, her door, oh. he leaves and he
1: jumps hits up in the air sign. and hit Robert! Yeah, man. Robert,
0: I fucking love that you know this! Oh, such a he great He jumps scene. up in the air and hits that... He just hits it. And it just...
1: It's fantastic. Nice. I
0: applaud you, man, for that one. All right, what do you nice. got? What's your number? My number four? four. My number four is we've spoken about it before. All right. It's a David Fincher film and uh starring Michael Douglas, The Game. Mm. Now listen, he has to go down to that organization, uh, the CRS Consumer Recreation Service which is kind of a silly name when you think about it and has to fill out the application he chooses chooses to do it and he also has a battery of tests physical and psychological but the great brilliant mind fuck is they tell him we can't accept you sorry it's been that's
1: the game it's already started Ira you're wrong you are wrong I want you to know you're wrong because you got the right movie but the answer was the last choice as they're about to. Uh, the I right, the right mo- are you talking about the right the, movie, hey, wrong talk- choice?
0: I love what you're saying, right? All right, well, but no, you're talking about the very end, aren't yes. you? About should he get in the cab or not?
1: Yes, that's the choice. But of that's... The movie. Now,
0: Robert, I want to say something. I want to speak on that's that. That's the hard choice. No, but choice. listen, and I talked to you about that a couple weeks ago the way he cocks his head. Ira I read it so in the cab?
1: animated right now.
0: Yeah, well, I get excited. The way he cocks his head in that great Michael Douglas way, yeah. only he can pull off that look. Yeah. Should I get in the cab? Is the game still going on or not? However, that's the end and beat of the film, and yep. that reminds me of even like Splash, when Tom Hanks he's going to be with Madison, the mermaid, and he chooses to be with her at the very, very end. I'm not sure if it's a choice that's organic for the plot of the entire film. I've thought about this. I've thought about you're not buying what hard I'm choices,
1: saying? man. That's the best choice.
0: Okay, well, with what we're both saying, the game you're saying it for the literally last eight seconds, yeah, and I'm saying it in the first fifteen minutes where he chooses. He does. choose. I don't choose, think that's a
1: hard choice. I think the harder choice is the very last one. That's what they're left with.
0: Well, it's my list, so fuck you.
1: <laughs> right movie, wrong choice. <laughs> Do you
0: have the game down? No, this? I don't. Okay. Right. I don't. Yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, I applaud. I applaud the movie. The movie, but not the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number three is from 2012. It's a movie that does not get enough attention. Man, I love it. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, and. The decision for whether the U.S. should go in and attack what they believe to be Osama bin Laden, but they're not sure. And there's a lot of really great discussions about, do we know? Do we not know? Who is this? And there's a really great scene where uh, Jessica Chastain is sitting in there with uh, James Gandolfini and everybody else. They're all sitting in this meeting with the president. And they're like, how sure are we that this is Osama bin Laden? And people are like, 80%, 20%, 10%. And she's like, 100%. And they're like, 100%? She goes, 100%. And they're like, 100%? She goes, well, they say never say 100% on anything, so fine, like 99%, fine, whatever, but it's 100%. (laughs) It's it's such a great scene that she's sure, but she has to convince everybody else, and the president has to make this decision as to whether or not to attack. Good movie,
0: but I think it's the right film, but it's that choice at the very How end. How dare you? In the last eight seconds when they wondered, did we do the right thing? <laughs> did we make the right choice? After all, according to your philosophy of life, it's a living
1: bee. We're murderers. I How think the, dare we? I think we they should have captured be- him and run back. Now, I do think... That would be anti-wave. Well, I, well so <laughs> and, I'd anti-wave. also go against history. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> I I do think, by the way, incidentally... If someone is trying to kill you, I do think in that moment you have the right to defend yourself even using deadly force. So if someone's trying to kill you, yes, I think that you can kill someone else because they're trying to take your right of life away. So babies can eat their way out of, you know, of moms. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Don't give me that look, Producer Joey. Don't give me that look. Don't
0: abort the baby and you'll be fine. Joey, it's the father of your kid. Mm Mm-hmm. What's your number three? Okay. All right. My number three is one of those obvious ones, but I think it, it's very true. And I, I am going with Star. Go ahead.
1: Say it. Star Wars. Oh. You didn't Star think I was gonna, Wars. No. I, I had a feeling you're going to say a very obvious oh, one.
0: I that one. Oh, we're only number three. There's still one or okay, two yeah, remaining. That's
1: why I didn't stop. Yeah, that. I
0: know. I know. But it's not, you know, it could be the entire franchise. And Obviously, we're talking about the force, uh, the light light side or the dark side and the choice that the characters made yeah. it can either be the entire franchise all all the movies or just perhaps you know episode 4 the new hope that one of
1: course with the the, the dark side. Do you think that the the choice comes out a little bit more in uh, it, the, what's the Ewok one the uh, Return of the Jedi? And it's in that one as a lot. I mean it's in all more. of them. It's right. in
0: all of them but I'm picking episode 4 because that was the first movie even though it was the fourth. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm just embracing that as my as my template, but I think the one with the ewok so that perhaps it was more emphasized yeah. in that film, is what you're suggesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of my obvious ones. Number three, Star Wars. All right.
1: <clears throat> my number two is a movie we're going to talk about for a minute because we've almost touched on this a few times. 1995, Heat. And the scene where he says that the, you know, throughout the movie, he's like, if they feel the heat coming around the corner, you got to ditch everything and go. He feels the heat coming around the corner. He's walking out of the hotel. He sees his girlfriend. He sees his future. And he has to make this choice. Do I try to go with her or do I run? And he just gives her this look. He doesn't say anything. And they stare at each other as he walks away. What a hard choice. Yeah. And he has to do it. He's just like, I, I got to got to go man that's a great choice heat i want to talk about this movie because we've actually been beating around the bush all night with this movie first of all we've talked about this movie in two different ways first of all uh uh man michael Mann did la takedown and then he did heat it's the same movie and what a masterpiece Heat is compared to la takedown so Except he got for the one right.
0: chroma king chroma code that one scene oh yeah, yeah obviously the, one, the
1: one super that one shot that's processed i just i blame I that know. on old technology yeah go ahead go ahead so that's the first thing is uh michael mann redid the same movie and uh back to our earlier conversation i think this would be a great movie to flip the main characters i could totally see pacino and de niro switching those two roles absolutely now i'm glad they didn't but i could see that happening yeah yeah there you go.
0: That was the one you were saving till we got to the top five. The yeah, when we're shifting.
1: Characters. I love Heat. I know That's you a did. Good huh? one. Yeah, yeah. Ira, good. What's your number two?
0: My number two is is uh, all right. Here's your hint: nineteen ninety nine. Oh, two directors. Man. Two director.
1: Oh, Matrix. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, I still I know we talked about this last year, Robert. But the, the how do you say that the Wachowskis? Wachowski. Yeah. Yeah. Both born male. Both born male. Yes. Not and, anymore. And I know they both had They're both they're both female now. Um, what a history they've got! I mean, looking at the other stuff that they've done is quite interesting. Obviously, we have that great scene with the architect talking to Neo, yeah. yeah, and about the two pills, the the red pill, the blue pill is what is the um, false reality. This is it. Be at peace with who you are. Enjoy the rest of your life. The red pill, if you take that, you'll see what is really, really real with the ugliness and the machines and all the weird shit going on. Which pill would you take? And that's a significant choice that our hero certainly takes at the beginning of the movie. You know,
1: I haven't seen these movies in probably 10, 15 years. No, it's more than 10. At least 15 years. I need to go back and watch all three of them. It's been a while. Yeah. I feel like it's probably time to do a Matrix revisit. Let's do it. Yeah. I'd love to watch them. Yeah. Especially the first
0: one. Yeah. All right. uh, They also did Bound. Yeah. Those two directors.
1: Remember? We talked. All right. That's my number two. What's your number one? Number one. Number one is from 2008. I'm not sure you've seen it. I don't know that we brought it up on this podcast, but fuck, this is a good movie. Doubt. Have you seen Doubt? No. Man, it's great. It's with, uh, oh, what's her name? The woman who wins every Oscar. Why can't I think of her name? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. And uh, what's, who's the guy The overweight guy Who died not too long ago uh, Drug addiction uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, He plays a priest Who may or may not have Molested a child But Meryl Streep's character is a nun Who has accused him of Molesting this child And the choice is actually The audience's choice Because, spoiler alert If you haven't seen it They never tell you whether or not he did it. And they just create this doubt the entire time. So you have to kind of figure out what do you think? I and like that. I like that. I, I thought that was a really interesting like angle to never really say. Yeah. yeah. And the the way the, the characters play the they play the scenes, it you could really see it happening either way. Wow. And and the craziness that happens around accusing someone of some such a heinous crime and then the awfulness of doing such a heinous crime. It's a great movie. A, a beautiful, beautiful lesson in acting. They're really, really great. Strong nice. movie. Nice. Now, I have a feeling. Yeah. I know what your number one. I is.
0: know. I feel you know, part of me, Robert, feels like I'm almost selling out with my number one because it's such an obvious it and I thought about that. Can I come up with something a little bit more edgy, provocative, clever, out of the box thinking?
1: And the answer is no, you <laughs> can
0: <laughs> But how can you not include
1: Sophie's Sophie's Choice. choice. Yeah, there you go.
0: How can you not, Alan J. Pakula directed that, and talking about Meryl Streep and so on, um, the flashbacks with the Auschwitz and the two children and only one will live, the other will be murdered, and um, with the the concentration camps, and it it was the choice that obviously molds the entire story. The bulk of it is not in flashback, but we see it in flashback, and that's so integral to the entire, with all the angst that she is going through uh, with, with her adult life when she's out of Auschwitz. Um, and in New York But it's it's a really powerful film You've you've seen it Yeah and you, But you don't You know what always will? rubbed me Tell is,
1: me All uh, right. So she gives up the girl, right?
0: Yeah, that's She gives up the girl Because she thinks the boy will have a better chance of surviving and living in it But
1: heaven. what's really startling to me Is that we never see what happens to the boy Yeah The boy is just missing from the current
0: time That's right So where's that's the right. boy? Yeah
1: and that almost makes it even more tragic.
0: But maybe that's clever writing.
1: Oh, it's great writing. Yeah. It's enticing. Funny that we both picked number one, some Meryl, Meryl Street movies. With both, two
0: Merrill movies. Yeah. Two Merrill movies. I thought for
1: sure you are going to say Fast Times at Ridgemont High because she had to choose to get the abortion or not.
0: Oh. I just think about the pool scene. Really. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. You just choose to jack yeah. off or not. Yeah, there you go. That that's was my hard that was my choice. choice. That was
0: my yeah. hard choice. Uh, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, but let me just say some other... Did you have any other... Um, I, I mean, not I bad. thought about others Were it's at the end, like even uh, Bridges of Madison County. Yep. Should she go with him or, oh, or not? good and one. And that's a choice, but yeah. it's at the end of the film. It's Why not, is it so bad? Well, because it's a choice, but I like the choices to be... Either the beginning or throughout the whole film and living mm-hmm. with the consequences of the choice. That's why I went with the game with my choice in the game instead of your choice. You know the consequences that I the
1: didn't tra- see Bridges of Madison County until years after it came out and it just struck me as such a uh, chick flick, like who fucking cares? And I watched it and it was like was well, no, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh it was surprising in that last scene in the rain and just waiting, like what what's she gonna do? What's she gonna do and it it was such that it, is yeah. my the money shot of the whole film. It's so great. Did
0: Clint Eastwood direct that? Yeah, as Yeah, well? he directed he did. that one too, didn't yeah. he? Yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, we did it. Yeah, man.
0: Robert, how do you feel about abortions? Well, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> hey, if uh, if you thought the show was an abortion and you want to tell us, then you can send us an email. You can write to robert at antiwave com or, uh, and
0: slash or Ira at antiwave com.
1: Or you can send us a message to Twitter or Instagram, which is at antiwave pod. Right we're all over the place. Dr. We are. Robert.
0: You can find us on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play. Just go to our website.
1: Or you can meet us as we're protesting the abortion doctors down the street. <laughs> Any one of those is fine. Also, uh, you can check out our film at 30lovefilm.com. You can buy our DVD or Blu-ray. That's right. And if you type in Anti-Wave and check out, you get 10% off. So That's how about right. That?
0: That's right. And did you say the website to go to? Yeah, 30lovefilm.com. Oh, you did say that, didn't you? Lots of, lots of cool bonus features. Yeah. Yeah. Outtakes, deleted scenes, gag reel. and it's a Pretty decent movie. It's a pretty damn good film. I'm proud of it. I am
1: too. I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm
0: proud of you. Yeah. Don't you think I'm a murderer? I'm a baby murderer? Yeah.
1: Fucker. All right. Hey, let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Yeah. Woo! So,
0: I guess until next time, that about does it, right? I think we've covered. I feel, are we leaving something out? I sort of feel like we are we.
1: I think we covered Let's it. talk about filibustering real quick.
0: What's the deal
1: with filibustering? Until what? next time. <laughs> keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. Young cunt talks to nine wise men.